0: You're listening to Into the Box,
1: the podcast brought to you by Milton Keynes Dance Theatre,
0: where we'll have exclusive interviews and discuss dance-related questions
1: as we delve into this youth dance company's latest production, Pandora and Beyond, to the dance industry.
0: Hi, Harry. Hi, Danny. How are you?
1: I feel like... Because we've got this excitement of the show going on. And also we had our hair and makeup tryout day last week. So I was getting some crazy glittery stuff done to my hair. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all counting down till show week and being so excited, putting the finishing touches, cleaning. And then the other half of my life is just school, which is so bleak and pressurised and full of tests and I'm just like can I just push that negativity to the side and stick with the show build up the podcast all the dance that's what I want in my life
0: yeah (laughs) I've got mocks the same week as Pandora I am dreading that
1: (laughs) at least you'll have that positivity and those endorphins of being on stage so it's not just all the doom of mocks
0: well the good thing is is that on our premiere night i have no exams and i get the whole day off which is brilliant so i can just sleep in and wake up an hour before i have to be at the theater (laughs) i can already foresee my energy levels going up and up and up and up and then right on that Sunday night after that show is finished just collapsing and just not moving for a week. (laughs) The only thing I'm not looking forward to about Pandora is the fact that when it ends I get really bad post-show blues.
1: Yeah I get you everything's just deflating it's like you've been on this high you've been performing to an audience and then suddenly it's just like oh. Back to reality.
0: Yeah, I get so sad. I know. It's never the day after because you're knackered, so you're in bed.
1: And you're also still kind of on that high and you're posting on Instagram about the show and how fun it all was and you're still in that bubble.
0: Yeah. And then the next day you're like, oh.
1: What am I going to do now? Yeah. We'll get through it. We'll get through it together.
0: We will get through it. And the good thing as well is just because the show end doesn't mean that we stop talking to the people we've met, or we stop dancing at all. It's not like we're getting our legs cut off at the end of it, so we can't dance anymore. <laughs> we make it sound so dramatic. We never to see each other again. And I'm like, we will probably see them at summer school.
1: <laughs> yes. And this week on the podcast, we are going to be discussing another dance-related question. And the one we're going to be trying to answer this week is is what are outsiders biggest misconceptions about dancers and the industry
0: so i have to say when me and harry were scheduling what we wanted to be on the podcast i was really excited about this question because this is the one that as a dancer i get hounded about a lot yeah i'm just going to put it on the table right now no dance class is like dance mums Dance Mums is not an accurate representation of what we do. The amount of times I've had somebody come up to me and go, I'll oh, see so you do pyramids." Uh,
1: no, that is so toxic. So for anyone who hasn't seen Dance Mums, what they do on that show is they have a very strict teacher who every week ranks her dancers based on the previous competition. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to disagree with people. There are certain places that you will go that do give off that impression that there is somewhat of a hierarchy. But nobody gets their face slapped up on a wall and then gets screamed at. And no, we don't have windows looking into the room where you've got the parents going, that child can't point her toe. It's not like that.
1: Yeah, I think reality shows like Dance Mums, I'm not going to deny it, I find them very entertaining. Yeah. And the dramatisation does make great telly, but you have to not take that as gospel as how the whole dance industry is because I think that has fed into so many misconceptions like because of the acrobatic tricks that they focus on on that show I think a lot of non-dancers do think that it's just about the tricks you can do or how far you can get into your over splits and that's what makes you the best dancer but it's really not about that because If you're just doing trick after trick after trick, what are you doing it for? It doesn't mean anything. And while impressive moves like that will be good to have, it's about using them when they're appropriate and not just all the time bashing out walkovers and aerials at any opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, not everybody is built for that. I appreciate the dancers who can, but not for me. I appreciate my biscuits a bit too much.
1: (laughs) This shows how dance-orientated my brain is. When you said biscuit, I was thinking, what, a floppy foot? Biscuit foot! (laughs) I was like, really? Do you want biscuit feet, Danielle? I thought better of you.
0: (laughs) But that's another thing as well within the dance world. And this is a trigger warning for anybody who is listening who has suffered with an eating disorder in the past or is suffering. It would be ignorant of me not to bring this up because it is possibly one of the bigger ones does hang over the dance world. Unfortunately, There is a perpetuated culture that dancers don't eat and this idea of set body standards. Body image is a massive issue within the dancing world, unfortunately. Body dysmorphia is a big, massive issue, especially because we do spend a lot of our time looking in mirrors and then you've got people in the outside world who are watching things like Dance Moms, watching programmes that aren't accurate about dance, telling people all dancers are skinny. Dance and how your body looks is a fine line i understand because obviously technique is all about how your body looks but what they mean by technique is the way your body looks it's how you turn out it's how you present and how you use your back it's not how much you weigh and i really have to emphasize that so so much you do not need to starve yourself to fit the body standards of dance and that is the one misconception i have the biggest issue with health and image is one of those ones where it's the dangerous misconception of the dance world
1: yeah i think unfortunately a lot of these misconceptions come from a media generalization that everything in dance is all the same every dancer looks the same every dancer does the same tricks and styles. And that's something that can be really harmful because there's so much variation in every aspect of the dance industry. So when it's put across as just one straightforward, this is how it is, that is absolutely not true and feeds into these misconceptions. What's being put out there is not everything in the dance industry, it's one aspect. And there is so much more to that that you don't get to see. So that is what we think to that question, but we spoke to company founder and director Owen Lane to find out what he thinks the biggest misconception about dancers and the industry is. I think too many people think it's too easy. I don't think people understand how hard it is. And I'd love to see them lift to somebody the, above their head, jump, two meters into the air spin around six times and then finish with a flourish and give it artistic performance and meet all the technical expectations recently because of the pandemic and everything i've had the opportunity to be working within a few different job roles just filling gaps whilst we couldn't work so i've been exposed to maybe more non-theatre people and heard their opinions and none of them were aware of how difficult it is or how strong you have to be or how emotionally draining it is as well so I think that's a really interesting misconception. I think people could educate themselves and see just how difficult it is to be a dancer. So I think Owen's misconception is one that is very prominent and I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate the hard work that goes into dance because Dancers on stage have to put across this image that everything is easy. They're totally under control. They're not struggling with the huge amounts of physical pressure you're putting your body under, and you have to make the audience feel at ease. I mean, it works because a lot of audiences do fall for that and assume that it's easy because of that. But in reality, you're having to put in all of that physical effort, but then you're also having to put more energy in to make it look like you're not putting in that physical effort. So it's another level on top of that that makes it even harder.
0: Yeah I mean you'd be surprised just how much effort you have to put in to point a foot correctly. There are actual codes and conventions of how you point your foot. It's down to the minute detail
1: and also when you're pointing your feet when it gets to the point where you've pushed it so far that you look in the mirror and think yeah that looks perfect you end up with cramp in your foot oh
0: uh, the cramp <laughs> is monumental people have to put so much effort and so much time into dance to make it look good that for somebody to just turn around and go well it's easy it's so invalidating we also had the chance to catch up with one of our corps ballet members melody so melody sent in her answer And she said, I think the biggest misconception is that dance isn't a real or stable career. Outside of the industry, they don't feel how we feel and they don't understand the passion. And they don't think that it's a way of getting consistent money. But there are many successful dancers slash performers that are stable and truly love their career. So that's Melody's opinion and i agree that is one of the biggest misconceptions of the industry is that it isn't a stable one and especially now in a pandemic where i would argue more so now possibly that it's not necessarily a stable career in terms of being able to work but that's not necessarily to say that it isn't stable outright i mean even now in a pandemic the industry has managed to find a way to still function and still provide for itself even behind quarantine doors
1: yeah i think dance as an industry and as an art and a sector there will always be a place for it because It's a great medium to entertain audiences, also to educate and inform them on different issues. But I think, unfortunately, what does feed into this misconception that it's unstable is the lack of government recognition of that importance. And so because of that, a lot of people believe that dance as a career is not stable. There's not much of an appetite for it because that's reflected through the government's funding. So it is a misconception, but then the government feeding into that misconception only makes it worse. We also got to speak to Liv, MKDT's visual designer, who is also playing one of the three fates in Pandora. And this is what she thinks the biggest misconception about dance is. I
2: think there's so many. If I was gonna pick one, the one that always stands out for me is how people don't quite get the determination and the dedication that we have i've had so many people say to me you went to dance yesterday can't you come out today the one that i've got before that really dug deep was someone said oh it's a shame it's such a shame that you spend so much time i think what people don't see is that it's not an obligation or a chore to us we actually enjoy this sometimes it is tough and it does push you and it's a hard industry but at the end of the day we actually enjoy going to rehearsals. We like being in that atmosphere. And I think unless you've experienced that, it is hard for people to see that. And people do think that you're being pushed into something you don't want to do.
1: So I think we can both agree that Liv's misconception has happened to us at some point as well. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> understand it because in other hobbies, so for example, sports, People understand that you need to do a lot of training to build up that athleticism and reach that top level. But for some reason, they think that once you can dance, that's it. You don't need to keep training. You don't need to keep progressing. And you don't need to keep going to classes consistently. So I do think a lot of people just don't understand that dance is an enjoyable hobby or potential career path.
0: I mean, I find dance one of the more exciting hobbies because you could spend hours and hours and hours working on yourself and you'll think, I know this technical style. And then there's just another one that comes around the corner and goes, I'm new. (laughs) And then you're like, actually, I kind of want to learn that one as well. And dance is this never ending hobby. Your limits in dance are the limitations of your body. And you're always having to learn to push against those limits. So really, there are no limits. We also had the opportunity to speak with our very good friend, Ellie Chick, who plays one of the three fates in Pandora. And we got to get to grips with what she thinks are some of the biggest misconceptions about
2: dance. I feel as though some people think dance is inconsequential to society, but this is very much not the case, because dance has such a power to change the way people view current affairs and modern societal issues. I think, for example, Christopher Bruce, he used dance to comment on social and political themes. In his piece, Ghost Dances." for example, he commented on the political oppression that the Chilean people faced in the 70s and this really brought awareness to the case and change was made.
1: So I totally agree with Ellie's misconception that dance is inconsequential to society because I do think in many people's heads it's just something that you do when you're letting loose at a party or just jumping around at the back of a music video when in reality it's a great way to say things that might be too complex or too raw to put into words. And it's accessible to all because where with language and, for example, lectures or articles, it can become confusing and complex and people can't understand it. With dance, it's something that everybody can take something from and understand the messages that are being put across.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do agree that dance and its messages are often overlooked. And I think they're overlooked in some of the most obvious places. So even taking something like commercial, for example, that's obviously overlooked in music videos nowadays. But actually... Actually, there are some music videos that utilise dance to get strong messages across that I think get lost in this blur of dance is just something fun to do to let loose steam or something to do in a club. For example, This Is America, which was a YouTube video, and it was a song done by Childish Gambino. The music video and the dancing within it sends a clear message right away about black pop culture and black civil rights. And even though those are like some of the most prominent ways that dance has shown to give off messages, people can often overlook it.
1: We also had the chance to hear from Charlie, one of our corps de ballet members, and this is what he thinks the biggest misconception about the dance industry is. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is easy failure in the industry, because especially in media, like films, most of the time it's shown someone doesn't get one audition and then their career's over. actually there's loads of routes and career options you can take if something goes wrong like there's loads of companies, teaching, choreography those are just like the base options for a dance career so i think Some people come into dance and put a lot of pressure on themselves for one opportunity. But I think there's the opposite, where a lot of time dance is portrayed as something, where it's just, if you're good at it, then you always get where you want to go. But for a lot of people, it's a lot of hard work and time to get where they want to be. So I do agree with Charlie that a lot of people, both outside and also people who want to go into a career in dance, think that the only option for them is being front and centre on stage as a principal dancer. And while that is a lot of people's dreams, that's not the only option in the industry. There are so many other jobs. So you've got teachers, choreographers, dance psychologists, physiotherapists, to name a few. And I do think that often, because people think their only option is being front and centre of stage, if that doesn't work out for them, They just turn their back on the industry altogether and don't explore the other routes they could take.
0: Yeah, ultimately, that's another thing that MKDT strives to almost encourage is giving different things a go that you may have not necessarily considered before. So obviously we have Liv who, whilst she still does dance and is planning to become a teacher, she also does the costumes. And even Owen, who is our choreographer, did the lights in Romeo and Juliet. And you get that sort of idea that there are other options. We also had the opportunity to speak to our very good friend Jess, who obviously is playing Pandora. And we got to hear what her opinions are on what some of the biggest misconceptions are in the dance industry.
3: I say the biggest misconception, in my opinion, is that people think that dance... And academic work are separate, so I think there's so many academic elements and skills that you get from dance that are beyond physical that people just disregard, for example, project management skills, the ability to read people's body language, collaboration are all such vital transferable skills that you develop through dance, and especially in my position at the moment i 'm going on to do a BA honours in contemporary dance in September I've had a lot of questions on well what are you doing with it and it's been quite a mission to explain to people that I will have to write a dissertation you critically analyse pieces of dance you think about the dance psychology the dancing context and I think for me The misconception that dance is the easy way out and that you don't have to use your brain is quite prevalent.
1: So I think what Jess brought up about dance and academia in many people's minds being completely separate is a very common misconception because even just the physical art of dance itself. It takes a certain level of thoughtfulness and consideration to be able to put together what you want to say in words and then put it across so people can understand it. To take that further and form that idea in words and then put it into movement, for people to call that brainless and mindless, is really ignorant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... It really is a testament to the lack of dance education within normal secondary primary education and having an appreciation for it. There are people, I think, that would have more of an interest in dance if it was actually taught properly and it was actually communicated as not just a hobby, but as an actual way of getting your opinions across. I don't think that's made specifically aware in any form of education in state schools.
1: So now, after hearing from all of those people with their views, it's time to answer some listeners' questions. This question is, do you think dance improves mental well-being?
0: 100 I mean, we do recognise the fact that sometimes dance can add a bit of pressure. Sometimes people can be very critical of themselves. Sometimes show pressure is a lot, exam pressure is a lot. But at the end of the day, when you find the right place, when you're around the right people, it can just do wonders for yourself. I have a massive network of friends now that if I have any worries, any stresses, I'm surrounded by people that genuinely want to see me be better and want to see me be happier and that is the aspect that makes dance when you find the right people when you find the right companies so good for your mental well-being
1: yeah I think dance can do so much for your mental health because you've got the teamwork aspect you've got the endorphins doing that amount of physical exercise gives you but on top of that dance as an art can give you that escape and that distraction from anything that might be going on in your life. Because if you just want to do it, to forget about how hard your day has been and immerse yourself in dance, you can do that. But equally, you have the ability to use what you've been feeling that day and put that across in your dance. So there's so many options of how you can use dance to improve your mental health. And final question. What are both of your future plans? Danielle's a bit closer to her future, being a couple of years older than me. Don't say that. (laughs) So I'm not gonna lie, I don't have a clear career path. I love dance. I'd love to be something involved with that, but I'm not sure. I'd love to be some kind of producer, Behind TV shows. I think that would be really interesting. I'd also like to be a journalist, maybe something in law. I don't know, there's a lot of options. I'm really not decided yet.
0: Yeah, I am very invested in things like law, but I'm also really invested in writing. I'm definitely looking at something either along the lines of journalism or law. Quite similar to you, actually. Yeah. Maybe that's why we click so well. We've got ...aligned interest. Yeah,
1: maybe. I'm also
0: really invested in things like education. I've even considered going into something... ...along the lines of teaching... ...whether it be in a school... ...or maybe even in terms of ballet. Follow down Libs path. Or if maybe the judge and law thing... ...works out really well... ...I've always considered going into politics... Getting that dance support that we need. That
1: is all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you found out about some common misconceptions. And on top of that, we hope you've enjoyed this whole series of answering commonly debated dance industry questions as that is the last one. We've had a great time, not only answering those questions, but also interviewing everybody that we did in series one and the start of series two. So if you missed that, you can Go back and listen, of course.
0: It's been a ride, hasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've had some laughs. We've got some really deep ideas floating around. And I really, really hope that everybody who's been listening, you've enjoyed listening and you've enjoyed hearing about different things. And hopefully you can walk away from listening to our lovely little podcast with a deeper knowledge, not only about MKDT, about the industry itself. We have really enjoyed making these for you. And in the coming weeks whilst this may be the last normal podcast episode of this series, I would say keep your eyes open on the MKDT Instagram as we get closer to the final show week for a possible little surprise about the podcast. And Harry, if you want to run the The final admin. admin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so, I mean, it's the last episode. I really hope you've done it already if you're listening. But if you haven't, why haven't you, please do subscribe to this podcast so you can get all of the latest episodes wherever you're listening.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit late for feedback now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You've missed your chance.
0: But we would absolutely love to hear what some of your favourite moments on the podcast have been. So you can either send those over on the MKDT Instagram where you can also buy your tickets. Buy Buy your your tickets. tickets.
1: Buy Buy your tickets. tickets. Buy. Buy uh, your tickets.
0: And nail clippers. Book. Buy
1: your tickets. <laughs> your Just do it. We're suffering for the do art, it. guys. you got to buy your tickets now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> buy your tickets. Yeah, so we would love to hear from you on the MKDT Instagram. And you can also reach out to us for the final plug. Let's
1: say each other's Instagram. Follow Danny's Instagram. That is xox.dannyx that is Danny with three eyes. there. I've heard that enough. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. And you can always follow Harry at Harry J. Yo. Yep. So signing off for the final time. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. We're going to miss you a lot. Until we meet again. It's been Danny.
1: It's been Harry. <laughs> it's
0: been Danny and Harry. And we'll catch you around. Yes. Bye. Bye.